Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Shira Adler. And Shira is founder and CEO of Shira Synergy. She's also the author of the ABCs of CBD. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about the work that she does, we're going to talk about CBD, we're going to talk about some of the products she has and work that she's done in the cannabis space. With that, Shira, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Bruce. I'm a big fan and it's an honor to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you. So why don't we tar- start with just a little bit of background. So how did you get into the cannabis space? Tell us how the book came about. Um, what is your story? I got into this space, I think actually in a way that a lot of entrepreneurs are currently. We have a personal story. We have a passion for wanting to improve the health and wellness of someone that we love. We turn to plant medicine. Now, I've actually, I'm a little funkier than that. Um, I've actually been on Bravo. I've done a lot of work as a uh-huh. media personality. I'm that funky spiritual soccer mom. I love it. And, uh, my background is actually clergy and healer. I really come from a quite a different background than the traditional yeah. let's start a company. But it's afforded me an opportunity over the last, uh, believe it or not, 30 years to really work with people in the most intimate expressions of their lives, where their pain points are, where they're hurting and needing healing and help and support. And 
as a young mother and a single mom for most of my years, my kids, I too needed that support. I was looking outside of the box for ways to improve the health and wellness and vibrancy of my own children. And I did that successfully by merging, let's say, ancient wisdom with modern science by um, starting with plant medicine and mixing essential oils and then eventually cannabinoids. And that's really where the company came from. That's where the the book came from. It's um, it's the life that I've lived and the passion that I now wish to share with others. Yeah. And what I guess what have been the challenges of of kind of pursuing that path? I mean, uh, you know, talk to me about what the you know, writing the book, uh, building a business around this, where where have been the, the hard parts? You know, what's funny is that years ago when I was that out-of-the-box kind of metaphysically oriented clergy person, mm-hmm. I get a lot of raised eyebrows for always talking about mind, body, spirit, and how we're not just physical bodies, and half my family would roll their eyes and, you know, like, oh, okay, that's Shira. And yet, <laughs> take that background and now to put it into a business model, yeah. I raised a lot more eyebrows, especially with the book, especially with now... Some people call me the can of canter, all kinds of nicknames, both (laughs) loving and then not so loving, because I've also really struggled with what it is to be a a personality, you know, someone who's already been in public. My job is to help others. I'm in service. But you can imagine some of the challenges that have come up when I'm out there speaking, not just as an advocate and activist and business owner, but also as a mother telling and encourage other parents to consider cannabis, understand cannabinoids, read the book. You know, that's really a step down into a rabbit hole that most people are not very comfortable going down into. And that's my role is to bridge the gap between the can of curiosity and the fear and the stick. And the history and the misunderstandings and and the abuse. Yeah. You know, telling people that I have two, they were both minors when I got my kids on medical marijuana cards, that definitely raises a lot of eyebrows. But if I can't stand in authenticity and transparency yeah. for how I've gotten here, then I shouldn't be here. Yeah. Well, so what are some of the challenging conversations that you encourage folks to have or, or things to consider? I mean, uh, give, give us a sense of really what you cover in some of this the content. So I'm very honest about the fact that I wrote my book, The ABCs of CBD, while my son was in residential treatment. He was mm-hmm. smoking pot and he was smoking too much as a teenager and a lot of us have kids that are doing that because they're really trying to self-medicate he's trying to navigate their lives and they may be making some choices that aren't super healthy so on the one hand i'm a hardcore cannabis advocate but by doing this properly by understanding that legalization is the best way to prevent our children from misusing the plant medicine in the way it's designed and that's really a conversation that i have all the time, all over the place, because I'm not advocating for minors to be using THC inappropriately. I'm telling parents that if you want to get your kid or an aging baby boomer off of opioids or anyone who's got an addictive quality or personality, the best way to do that is to use the very same plant, but to do it differently and properly. And what is, and what is differently and properly look like? So differently and properly means that a minor shouldn't be over smoking a percentage of THC that's disproportionate in ratio to the CBD, right? It should be, let's say you've got PTSD or hardcore anxiety or chronic pain or certain cancers. Sure. Then obviously you need to work with a practitioner And of course, the caveat is I am not a medical professional and Mm -hmm. nothing I can say is meant to diagnose, prevent, treat, or cure any disease. Um, (laughs) I go into my voiceover voice when I do that. I love it. The point is that there are more questions than available research, Um, more curiosity than available fundamental understanding of what 
cannabinoids do. So it's not to say you shouldn't have THC. It's just you shouldn't only have THC if you're a kid. You shouldn't be smoking something that you don't know, never mind the THC. Does it have mold, solid residue, pesticides, organic matter? You know, that's actually part of the conversation and part of what I hope the book and the products and me as a just a speaker can get across to people that you have other things to worry about than your kids smoking. It's how much, it's what type, where did they get it? That's really part of this conversation. Yeah. Sort of sa- the safety of the product itself. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and do you think, I mean, so I mean, generally would you say the legalization regulation process is, is good or is there still problems in how we're doing the legalization regulation regulation relative to these issues? I think that we're in a little bit of a, you know, in terms of the industry itself, in terms of the progress that we're making towards legalization, legalization is an absolute must. It is necessary. It is right. It is the correct thing to do. It's time. You know, if you look at the history of uh, the prohibition, it's really just institutional racism. And I do write about that in the book a lot. I hear a lot about that. So I think that it must happen. It should happen. It needs to happen. And it's correct to happen. That being said, of course, there are some issues. You know, at the same time that we legalize, we have to decriminalize and not by, oh, well, we've already been cutting back on the uh, racial arrest. No, no, no. I mean, really legitimately, appropriately decriminalize, expunge the records, rebuild communities. So, you know, we're we're kind of in the Wild West in terms of the the fact that this is a nascent industry and there's a lot of room for improvement. There are a lot of people that really care about not just pushing through legalization, but the programs, the education that go with it, that must go with it. Yeah. Let's talk in just a little bit more on the parenting side. So I, I guess, so you've, you've written the book. What? How else are you helping parents with children who are, you know, using or, you know, potentially have a benefit for using, you know, a cannabis-based product? What else, I guess, what other kind of platforms are you giving them or, or discussions are you having? Well, I like to offer myself personally, I'm a consultant. So if families are really looking to dig deeper into what might work for them and and what they're, because I'm also a spiritual counselor and clergy. So I kind of bring all of that into the company. And so I'm available as a consultant. Of course, there's the book. I do write for other outlets. I'm uh, now a regular contributor for (laughs) Skunk Uh Magazine on one side. (laughs) Cannabis MD is about to start on the other side. So there are other places that you can find the information that I'm trying to put out there. Of course, I do events, workshops, um, but the company itself, my product line is really designed to be, I'd call it more of a compassionate care company because it's the passion that goes into caring. You don't have to be a mother to be interested in these products. You have to just care about yourself and others and use and utilize, I like to say, a holistic regimen, a holistic system. If you have that foundation, if then you are educated, you are asking the right questions, you're using good products daily to support your own well-being and that of the people you love, then I think we're, we've got somewhere to go. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, I'm curious, uh, have you, and this, this is kind of something that I find with a lot of folks that have gotten into the cannabis space, is once they've kind of come out in cannabis, uh, it kind of changes their kind of family or social dynamics. You know, certain certain friends, certain family, you know, are, yes. are really curious. Other ones are like very uh, judgmental. What, what has been your experience? Oh, yeah, to say the least. So remember the... the I'm so used to people rolling their eyes politely, but I'll tell you that it's a funny story. You know that you've entered mainstream when you're asked by your synagogue 
leadership or Hadassah group to uh-huh. speak at a luncheon. To me, that signifies in any faith <laughs> that tradition. Is, that is a high watermark. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When you over your, you know, there are different words for like the blue hair ladies and like yeah. you start speaking to groups that would previously have been completely afraid to hear what you have to say. That yeah. to me is a good sign. In my own family and community, you know, I did write about an incident in the book uh, and it's, it is true. I won't say names, yeah. but I've actually been reported to Child Protective Service oh, yeah. uh, six yeah. times. And every single time, by the time we got through all of these, I'm fine. I, you know, I've never done anything wrong. Yeah. But people's fear is so substantial sometimes yeah, that really they have is. no other response than to deflect that back out on the source of information as opposed to really looking at what it is they're deeply afraid of. So yeah. I end up having conversations with CPS workers. I've used their unofficial conversations with me because they can't go on the record as material and research in the book to show just how ridiculous the system is right now. And, you know, I'm not the type to be shy and retiring. So as opposed to backing off what I'm saying and why I'm saying it, it actually propels me further because I feel more validation from even the child protective service workers who end up leaving my house with brochures, a baseline (laughs) education. Jujitsu. I mean, talk about a complete, you know, mind flip, but it's everybody's hurting. Everybody's looking for support. And if you really get down into the, what do we have in common? What makes sense? How do we use this? Why does it matter? The fact is we have more that pulls us together than the divisiveness that we're seeing in our current um, country right now with the administration. Well, that's a, I mean, I think that is one of the fascinating and fun things about sort of the cannabis industry is that it is, it, it has such uh, deep kind of social, cultural, political facets, you know, roots, you know, impact that, um, you know, you do, you can't help but get involved in, in all these factors when you get involved in the cannabis, even if you're just an investor or, you know, an entrepreneur, or just looking at it no, from a business point of view. That's a really, really good point. And it's something I say at the end of when I do programs, I said, look, you may have entered this because of the low hanging fruit. Yeah. You saw the dollar signs, you're interested in, in, you know, everyone's like, it's bigger than dot com. It's going to yeah, be exactly. 22 billion by 2022. That's all great. My focus with my company is about holistic regimen, taking care of people, people over profit. Sure, the money will be there. But what matters is doing this industry, building it from the ground up correctly and understanding that whether you entered it for monetary reasons or as an investor or as an ancillary business, you have become whether you meant to or not, an inadvertent activist. And I invite people to change that from the unintentional aspect of caring about this industry to, okay, I'm actually a hardcore advocate and activist. I choose to show up effectively. I choose to offer support for other businesses, for other companies, for other ventures. Then I know we're doing something as a collective, as a whole, that's uh, really almost a reflection of the species herself. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have an impact. It's either intentional or unintentional, and right. uh, why not make it intentional? <laughs> make it intentional. Make it count. If you're yeah. gonna do something, yeah. then do it because you care about why you're doing it. Yeah. And I think it's more about compassionate capitalism, and uh, you know, people are like, well, why are you making holistic products, and why don't you, you know, sell lower tinctures? And the answer is because I'm trying to help people, not make a quick buck. Yeah. Um, you know, my tinctures are stronger because I. 
I understand and have lived through myself humanity's pain points. And it's not okay to sell a 250 milligram tincture that's really mostly hemp oil or an MCT base and not it. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make beautiful, strong products with great efficacy that are here to support the people who need them and care about using them. Um, so, so let's dig into to CBD because that's, you know, well, seems to be a, uh, the focus of, of products for you. Talk to us about CBD. Talk to us about this, this hemp oil, the, um, you know, the sort of the qualities, the types, the facets that go into CBD products. And then, and let's talk about the products that you've developed and, and why you've developed them in the way that you have. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, actually CBD, of course, is the main focus for right now, only because it's most familiar. Remember 10 mm-hmm. years ago, 15 years ago, nobody knew what echinacea was unless you were someone like me who has always yeah. been into the herbalism. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, echinacea was in like everything. I know. It's a GNC. It's a, but the same problem is is happening here in the cannabinoid world. People are now getting turned on to things. They're like, oh, terpene this and cannabinoids that, and they don't necessarily really understand the complexity of this plant medicine. And it's not just really about CBD. It's about CBG and CBN. And you know, in the future, I see that we will have more fine-tuned kind of products based on a deeper understanding of the synergy of how each of these different cannabinoids works together, but also the phenols and the flavonoids and the plant enzymes and everything. It's everything. Yeah. So I've always developed products based on the appreciation for the everything, even though we don't have the research or even some of the manufacturing yet to to go deep into it. So mm-hmm. I think for now, saying CBD is really saying the full essence of this plant medicine, but we're kind of pulling it into that one most commonly understood buzzworthy, you know, because people don't even know how to say cannabinoids. I've done talks. <laughs> <laughs> it's still like a foreign language. Yeah. And I, I literally did a panel once and the, the moderator, God bless, kind of said CBDs as plural, as if that were the name of the groups. Mm, yeah. And I was like, wow, and this is an actual panel. We're yeah. like, <laughs> well, language is so hard. So actually, I, I got I got schooled on a, a episode recently where we were talking about strains, and I was I was told that well, actually, technically, the you know, strains are only used for pathogens, and in cannabis, it's really cultivars. So you know, something that I mean, everyone talks about strains. <laughs> so, you know, I can see you know this this industry is just rife with uh, you know language inconsistencies or um, you know development that's still going on. That's that's actually one of the biggest problems I think we're facing in the industry at this moment in time is that, you know, I'm seeing a lot of articles and things come out and a lot of questions come to me about, uh, let's say, beauty and lifestyle aesthetic products, right? Yeah. And they're saying CBD makeup and CBD this. First of all, certain products you don't even really, I don't think that there would be any efficacy to even putting it in. That's my own opinion. Yeah. And also, they're really mislabeling misrepresenting, misstating, not under, there's a lot of confusion, especially in the new beauty aspects, seeing things that are just simply, that's not even CBD, what they're referring to. They're really referring to hemp oil and hemp oil is not the same as CBD because so it has explain, to, Yeah. So, so explain this for us. You can have hemp oil just like you can have coconut oil, right? Yep. You can have nutritional qualities to them. You can have an extraction that's, you know, depending where you're pulling it from, which part of the plant, et cetera. And that might be a lovely oil, but it doesn't mean it has a specifically concentrated amount of that specific cannabinoid CBD or any of them, CBG, CBN, CBA. Mm-hmm. Um, what it would mean is, is the difference between saying, well, you've seen hemp seeds that we can toss into our smoothies, hemp oil 
right? You can have that in beauty products. It's a different class. It's a different way of extracting and manufacturing that product. It has a different purpose. It is not going to be the same as taking a, let's say my company, we we have high powered ones. We start at 1000 milligram Uh tinctures in a bottle. Most companies go somewhere between 200. I've seen even 50, 35 milligrams, but that number is is referring to how much actual CBD is in the whole bottle. So I have a problem when people are saying CBD when they really mean hemp oil or saying uh, this much concentration when actually if you looked at their lab testing, it really isn't. They really don't have as much of the product in it as they say they do. And that's that's not just for cannabinoids. That's for a problem with marketing and packaging and labeling across every industry, right? We all know that. But I think that this particular industry is a little more prone to misstatements, mislabeling. We talk about it at every conference. And until there really is a a set bar and a standard and a couple of really authentic organizations like U.S. Hemp Roundtable and, and people that are saying, here is the okay seal of approval for an authentic, clean, reputable, solid, the testing is there, the consistency of the products is there. We need that, but we don't have that yet, which means, again, it's the Wild West. You've got people saying all kinds of stuff when they don't, sometimes it's completely not what's actually in the product. Yeah. Well, and it's all state by state too. So it's, uh, you know, there's, there's very little consistency. So, so are you, are you an advocate for a federal control of all this so that you can get that consistency? Is that the, is that the solution? Well, I think that that's kind of a slippery slope. I'm not sure yeah. if I really, I would love to leave it up to individual farmers and, and the ethics of people and their own personal drive to be correct and authentic and pure. Unfortunately, that's not the way people are. And unfortunately, also, we all know that as soon as an industry looks to be appealing, we are going to have Big Brother watching us. We are going to have, you know, the no offense, white men in suits coming in. It does change the landscape. So it's hard to, on one hand, I am a hardcore advocate for all things and all people having equal rights and access to creating industry, but that is not the nature of the beast. And I think what we saw with the passage of the Farm Bill most recently was that we poked the sleeping bear, meaning the FDA. And I think it is an inevitable step, whether I like it or not, is kind of not the point because I think it is it yeah. is happening and it will happen. It's a reality, yeah. It is. It just is. We know this. Yeah. So then the bigger question is, well, okay, so if we are going to be governed by new licensing and this much money to pay for this kind of, what else can we do to still assure equitable fairness and treatment of everyone and opportunities and how can I show up to be an effective coach and encourager of other people, other moms and other people underrepresented in industry? You know, how can I grow the 22% women in C-suite positions? I still feel that there's a lot we can do. We just have to be a little more creative to do it because the fact is this industry will be like most others and it will be controlled and organized by a certain set of structures that that's that's the path we're being led down right now, I think. Yeah. So tell us more about the pro- the specific products that you've been developing. How have you developed them, you know, in terms of sort of strategy or, or what, what products have you designed? And then talk to us about, you know, what you've learned about the production process. I'm assuming you're not growing your own plants and <laughs> no. pressing them in your garage. Like, how have you developed your supply chain and, and what have been the learnings around that? Yeah, can you imagine, considering how much trouble I've already gotten into my career, I do not need to be touching any plants in my garage. Uh, Exactly. Um, You know, I started this company in 2011, 
which makes me kind of one of the old school chicks in this business. But I didn't really start dabbling with the CBD aspects and infusing it until about 2014. I started with aromatherapy for a simple reason. Before people got into terpenes, we've always had essential oils. And aromatherapy is the oldest modality on the planet across every religion, every culture, everything Uh that can affect change on all three levels of your being simultaneously, mind, body, and spirit. And there's even research as to dementia and Alzheimer's patients responding through the sense of smell. The olfactory sense was the first human sense to develop in the body. So it affects the the limbic system and the brain and the reptilian brain. It's, It's fascinating stuff. But at the end of the day, I started because I was looking to create products that could be used in conjunction with anything else a person was on, how they were raised, what they used, how they ate, that would just kind of, from an integrative approach, help make a little bit of a difference. And that's really where it started. I've always loved aromatherapy for that reason. It worked on my own kids. And then I grew into the, well, the world is getting tougher. The stresses are stronger. The kids are showing up with anxiety and depression much, much earlier and in greater levels. PTSD is a societal issue, in my humble opinion right now, literally, Mm, actually, whether it's uh, the vets or the Me Too movement. or We have a lot of pain right now in this world. And I needed to boost what the aromatherapy did. And to me, the way of boosting it was using the other plant species. Instead of just essential oils, I now mixed with cannabis, uh, but the hemp cultivar. I should say that you're right. It's about the cultivars, and I am still a hemp-only based derivative company with essential oils. I would like to, and I will, yeah. and I'm so able, part of the R&D will be to have, uh, let's say, higher, more medically focused products, but yeah. we're not there yet for many reasons. But that's where it came from. It's, it's just what else could I do? What can I offer? What can I create that regardless of your ethnicity, background, socioeconomic status, education, experience, you could pick up a product for a decent price point that would actually make an impact in how you were feeling in that moment and possibly extend beyond that. Yeah. And talk to us a little bit about the uh, sort of the modes of application, because I, I remember when we met at the New York show, you had a great display and and uh, you're talking a lot about that that process. So when you look at the ways in which to interact with the product itself, what's your process or what's your theory and, and why have you chosen the methods you have? I do have pretty bottles, don't I? Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So Shira Synergy, the, the core line, what you should do is, let's say everybody's right now into tinctures, right? Tinctures uh-huh. are great. The best way to take them, at least ours, is not really under your tongue. It's drop some in between the cheek and the gum. So okay. it's most readily absorbed into your endocannabinoid receptor system and then immediately follow with the series of aromatherapy sprays. Now, I'm not going to get too hardcore into what they do and why they do that because that's a little more of the funky side. But let's just say that they alter how you're feeling and they affect your mood and they affect a lot of your energy. And each of the five sprays has a kind of specific focus and targets a part of you. So when you spray, you're now boosting with a little bit of a microdose of CBD in the sprays, what you just took as a tincture. And you can use them in any order, at any time, all of them all at once, uh-huh. which is actually tricky to do because it's a lot of high-powered oils. So <laughs> yeah. to do something that it's not overpowering, it won't give you a headache. I know, yeah, I get it. They're pretty cool. And yeah. the smells go away really quickly. You just do two or three sprays around your face and you inhale. And that's it. Yeah. And literally, morning and night, anytime you feel you need it, And what's really beautiful about this, and we have topicals as well, that 
children and people can start to identify and connect to one or two or all five of the sprays. And what's beautiful is that if you have, let's say, a higher need state child, somebody on the spectrum, they learn how to self-soothe. And they now have a tool that is at their disposal that can really affect how they're feeling and how they're behaving, how they're connecting, how they're communicating, how they're resting. I mean, it's hard to find products that are not medical products that you can literally just immediately smell, feel, sit with that change. And it's profound, especially with children on the spectrum. That's a really profound thing to notice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that is powerful. And so um, when, when where, you know, in terms of future products, do you have anything in the works or anything that you're kind of planning on on releasing in the in the coming months that you'd like to yes. mention? Well, ironically, the book just came out in a newly updated and revised edition, partially because the farm bill passed. And I oh. also wanted to clarify a couple of things about vaping. And I, I put in a, a couple of other sections. So even if you read the book, you can read the book again, because yeah. there's something in it you probably didn't read the first time. And with the products, absolutely. This is the first time in my entire history of this company since 2011, which has been bootstrapped. Uh, we're about to do our first round. And oh, good for you. Yeah. you. Thank you. I'm really, really excited. It has. It's just an incredibly beautiful thing to see the response that I've had from the thousands of people because I really just wanted to show up and help. I wasn't looking yep. to make a lot of money. I wasn't, I, in fact, I gave away more product than I sold, to be honest, because that's <laughs> where it came from. Yeah. Now we're ready to, and we must, because yeah. the demands on these products are growing. Yep. So we have a lot of things coming down the line that will happen more readily as soon as I get the funding, because some really beautiful products are in the works, really beautiful stuff that I'm, I'm excited to bring to the world. I really awesome. am. Awesome. Sure. This has been great. We're going to hit time here. If people want to find out more about you, about your products, what's the best way to get that information? Sure. Well, you can always find me anywhere on social and online. The company is Shira Synergy, and they can find me at Shira Synergy and also shiraadler.com and shirasynergy.com. And on social, I personally am at the one Shira Adler, T-H-E, the number one and my full name, because there's another Shira Adler. <laughs> It's getting hassled by people, and she is not in cannabis. Yeah, I was just going to say it. <laughs> not in cannabis. So uh, it's better to make sure that you know you're dealing with yeah. this one over here. So Perfect. Well, I'll, I'll put the uh, the links and the handles in the show notes so people don't don't harass the <laughs> wrong Shira Adler with, with cannabis-related questions. But, um, like, what are the odds, really? Like, yeah. Yeah. And she's in New York too, literally. Oh yeah, so oh. She, she can come find you. <laughs> yeah. The book is on Amazon, and you can ask any book retailer. We now have national distribution, and um, we're doing some book tour events, some more conferences. So if you need me, I'm here to be of service. And Great. thank you so much for having me. No, yeah, it's been my pleasure. Like I said, I, I learned a lot. It was a fun conversation. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.